Hi, and welcome to Thought Bubble. My name's Scott Millward. Here, I'll be talking to thought leaders from various industries, sharing their insight into their area of expertise and creating a thought bubble around the topics that matter. Hello and welcome everyone back to another episode of the podcast. Really excited this morning, I've got Rob Hall, Commercial Director from MBA. Uh, So first colleague on the show today. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about Rob's background. Rob is ex-forces and he's going to give us a little bit of an insight into what that transition has been like into civilian life, into civilian working, challenges, and any advice really for anyone which has a similar background to Rob's. So, Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So, Rob, do you want to give a little bit of an insight for the listeners in terms of what your background is in the forces yeah. and sort of just generally how you found the transition into into business life and how it still affects you today? Okay, so my personal background and my service background, I served in Her Majesty's Royal Marines. I joined in 1991 as a fresh-faced 19-year-old, recently left school and education, worked for a while and then decided to join the armed forces off the back of the the initial first Gulf War, but more so to to challenge myself as as an individual, hence that's why I decided to join the Royal Marines. Background of the Royal Marines, they're they're probably the most recognised elite special forces, not, I would say not special forces, but elite forces in the arm in the British military. The, the longest basic training uh, in, the, in the Western world is 32 weeks. Once you leave, you then initially you'll go into a commander unit where you'll serve as a rifleman in a one of the at the time 40, 40 or 45 commando. I was attached to a, a specialist division called Comanchio Group, which was based up in Arbroath, where 45 commando are, which was to guard the nuclear deterrent and also the uh, the North Field, the North Sea oil fields and all the assets. Very exciting. I travelled the world, was deployed in many places, operational places, Northern Ireland a couple of times in, in West Belfast in 93, which was very interesting. I could give you a podcast all alone on that one. Yeah, I'm sure you <laughs> Again, I, a couple of years later, post the first ceasefire, was out in, in County Tyrone uh, in a place called Cookstown, but then decided um, after just under six years of serving, a very successful time, that um, I wanted to go back into Civvy Street. I felt I did everything I wanted to do in, in the Marines, other than maybe go Special Forces. But I had a I was in a long-term relationship, and I felt that it was time for me to sort of hang up my uniform and enter into Civvy Street, which at the time I thought would be a very easy transition. Yeah, so uh, I think that that's the point which I think a lot of people are going to be able to resonate with this. There's a lot of people in the business world which are ex-forces yeah. and, you know, whether they've been in for 25, 30 years or one, two, three, four, five, you know, I'm sure that transition is is just as difficult. So how did you deal with moving into civilian life and civilian working life specifically? I think at the time for me, you know, we're going back to 1996, which is a number of years ago, there wasn't any great deal of support for somebody leaving an armed forces. Um, in particular, I was in the Royal Marines, which was, a, you can imagine, it's a very intense environment that you've been trained in to do the, the the type of job you're doing to then you have your exit interview with the OC or the CO of the unit you're based and it's a case of thank you very much for your time your service good luck in Civvy Street if you ever want to to, to to re-enlist back in the armed forces there's always a role here for you and you shake your hand and you walk out those gates that's the bit where there isn't any support at all so do you, do you think that's something which it was you know 18 17 18 years ago there was no support then do you think that things will have moved on much now for sort of the guys coming out you know this sort of time or um do you think it's a it's an attitude thing 
I think that there's the there's a definite a, a will from the armed forces to to help as many men and women join, leaving. But I don't think you know if you look at mental health issues, you look at if you imagine you've been in in such a a really controlled environment, very disciplined, but also been involved in you know some horrendous atrocities that you've witnessed. To then one day you're you decide you leave. There's no real support to give that individual. So when they're leaving, probably there's a lot of those men and women that are leaving that that have got some anxiety issues potentially yeah, yeah, or course. mental health issues, and it, it it's just not really it's given. You, you for me it was are you okay, Rob? Are you are you, yeah, are you yeah. happy? And I said yeah, I'm happy. There's no testing of me as my personality or seeing if, if mentally I was able to cope. It was are you okay, Marine Hall? You yeah. Have you got a job to go to or what you're looking to do? That's great. Very Good very, luck. very practical. Yes. Yeah very practical but I think not really digging down and I think they're the issues that men and women leaving they take with them and yeah. some of them can cope and some of them have got that but I, I think the you know the ones that can cope and the ones that can't I think that's probably the wrong perspective to look at it should be you know a blanket level of support yeah. for everyone because it might be that you are fine you know a year to 18 months after you leave and then in 5, 10, 15 years time whatever things change a little bit for you so I think it's maybe talking talking about this in a more open environment for veterans you know ptsd is such an awful thing yeah um which still on the whole i think isn't confronted as well as it could be um no i from from a mental health and how it affects people as individuals you know ptsd it doesn't necessarily mean that if you've been in the armed forces you only get it if you've been into a a war scenario or you witnessed atrocities it could be anything it could be that you've you've witnessed an accident in a, a training that you saw one of your friends seriously hurt it could be you've been out drinking with your colleagues on a, a, a night after coming on leave and you get into a, an almighty fight and it, it's Alcohol abuse that can affect your mental and, and the way you're brought up in the armed forces are that you've got you such an in, intense environment then you have such a, a release that when you do go out with your friends and your colleagues you you t- tend to turn to drinking lots of heavy alcohol and it was the not only is the, from the the alcohol or or those types of of mental issues that people come out with for me it was being a raw marine going into Civvy Street. I had that very big chip on my shoulder that that nobody could appreciate what I've done unless you're a fellow Marine. Yeah. Um, so my respect towards civilians, whether it be to the establishment or to anybody in any work environment, mm-hmm. it, it didn't matter what they told me. Yeah, it sort I, of felt like the work that you were doing just w- would never stack up to no, the, you know, no. the level of work you did before because the level of consequences and responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I, for me to deal with my time of leaving is that I tried to bury what I did and my experience. And I was always proud to say I served in the Marines, but I never went into took that what I did and what I, 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 I learned would actually hold me into real good experiences and make me a successful person. And it was a long, long time when I did leave, when the penny dropped. Yeah, I think it... Was something that probably takes a lot of reflection to understand how to categorize something uh, like being in the Marines or, or being in the forces in general. Yeah. I think the fact that this conversation is happening today is a, is a super positive thing. On the rise at the moment is things like cognitive behavior therapy. Yeah, um, It's something which I'm personally doing myself in regards to anxiety, um, but it's something which is heavily used with people with PTSD and people from ex-armed forces to help uh, categorize things that they've seen, done, witnessed, whatever, Yeah, um, in order to sort of program, store it, and put it in a file in your head. Yeah, it, So it makes 
sense. Yeah. Um, and, and so you can move on and, you know, take the positives and sort of leave and understand the negative side of things. Yeah. So from leaving and, and the, the career paths that I chose and where I am today is the, you know, a, I head up a sales team for Matt Burton Associates. I probably used part of the skills that was taught to me whilst being in the Marines, being able to converse at all types of levels, to negotiate, to stand up and, and to present and have the confidence that I fell into a role in sales. And it was literally at a, an ex-Royal Marine friend of mine's wedding. I was sat on the sales table as his then sales director asking me, well, what are you doing once you've left the, the Royal Marines, Rob? And I explained I had a number of jobs at the time. I was a milk tanker driver driving an HGV. Um, they said, well, actually, we see something in you that you'd be brilliant at doing recruitment and in particular IT recruitment. Um, this was back in the, in the late 90s. With the right training, the right coaching, we actually see something with you, which I was flabbergasted because... No, I- it's... But it's it's very logical if you look back now at the sort of skills that you yeah. you would have acquired in that environment that you know you could apply them absolutely. Yeah, and I think again, courage my convictions. Having that decision making also that it was very easy for me to go. Yeah, I'm doing that. I'll, I'll put my heart and soul into it and entered into a, a career of of recruitment in the late '90s and travelled down Monday to Friday working in the city. Cut my teeth. Had no ex- expectations of what it would be like working in that type of environment. I was very open to it, and that probably gave me the success and determination to to, to make it work for myself. But all along, not really understanding or not knowing that the time that I did in the Marines actually helped me and made me into that type of person. So what advice would you give to a Royal Marine, um, some kind of the Army, Air Force, whatever it is, what advice would you give to someone coming out of the forces, not knowing what the next thing they're going to do is? What, what advice would you give? I, I would, for me, I've got such a very strong network of friends of ex-colleagues where I've worked that's led to um, an, a, a, a fabulous network for business and industry, which I'm in now. So I know it's difficult if you're a, a guy that's, that's that's not very comfortable in talking or being open, you've got to overcome that barrier. And if you've been in the armed forces and you've overcome some horrendous things, you know, you've been in the armed forces and you've, you've witnessed some real difficult times, but courage under adversity is a big thing they use in the armed forces and you've overcome that and you come out the other end is be completely open and honest reach out to your network in particular you know if you've got men or women or, or colleagues that you're in the armed forces with that have recently left or have left within two or three years reach out to them ask them ask their advice their experience get that closeness of people that you can talk to and get the because it's all about experience if you walk out and you haven't got that or you don't know who to reach to, then you hit a brick wall and then you start questioning, have I done the right thing? How can I help? I don't think I'm going to be a civvy or going to be able to to transition from being the military to the civvy street. And then you lose the ability to earn money. And if you've got a family to support, and that's where the slippery... It all compounds together. Of course together it does, and then, yeah. yeah. And I think that's what, you know, everyone wants to avoid. You know, it's difficult enough transitioning with jobs and families and relationships and sort of dealing with all that stuff whilst also being in such a structured environment for such a period of time then having to go well off you go do something else now which is quite often unrelated um, because a lot of what you do in the military you know it's a specific thing isn't it you know you can't just suddenly uh, 
reapply that outside. It is, but the it's the essential skills is is probably the word I'm looking for that you have and you can adopt and transition across. You may not have the, the relevant experience per se or the career experience, but you've got essential skills, which in the today's workforce is such an important part of employing and their employability. And if you can come across and deliver your experience or your personality to a, a prospective employer, nine times out of 10, they will give you a chance because they know that you've got those essential skills. So what do you think those essential skills are, which probably the, the people listening, they, they, might, they might not know that they are such good qualities? I would say for me personally, it was having those essential skills and what I see as a, an employer, they, they look for and they, they, can, they can harness someone's essential skills and develop them and develop that individual into what they're looking for. And you might not realise that from being the next forces or from the forces. You carry those and you learn them whilst you're in the, in the military. And for me, you know, communication skills, both practical and how you, how you can communicate at so many different levels is, is one of the most essentials that I took with me and, and it's led me to where I am today, being able to communicate, having those active listening skills, being able to listen to people, understand what they're explaining to you and then delivering it back to them in a certain way. So communication is one of the top of my essential skills, being organised from a military perspective, somebody that's, that can be organised, which you are, are essential in civilian life and in, in business and industry is so key. Leadership and management, well, even at a marine level, which the dizzy heights I got to, I didn't go become a Lance Corporal or Corporal, but you're still taught that if you're in a troop and you're in a mili- in a scenario where you lose your OC, you're in a firefight or how you want to call it, then every Marine has to step up the plate and be that next leader in charge. So you, having those leadership and management skills are, are one of my essential skills. A high degree of professionalism, Coming from the armed forces, nine times out of ten, you're going to have that degree of professionalism, that being proud, um, acting in a certain way, making sure that if you're given a time, you're punctual, you're always five minutes of five minutes of early, you're never late. So ultimate professional. The thing, these points you're saying, they almost sound like they they go without saying for for everyone really but i personally have seen this in people with ex-military backgrounds that they do nail down these core competencies better than a lot of other individuals yeah purely because it's something which is just sort of bred into you obviously no i I, and from somebody that's been one side and come out the other i didn't it took me a while to harness those and to to take actually people are saying to me quite regularly you're really good at communicating rob you've you know the way you are and and inside it's you, you know people tend to buy people they like and I started using that to my advantage so essential skills it doesn't matter how many necessarily degrees they may have had when I'm selling a particular product or a solution it's about how I deliver that and how I'm confident in my delivery and how I'm you know you're getting that client that's that, that they you're trustworthy you they, they believe in what you're actually explaining to them and some people either have that or they don't so as an essential skill that was so important you know self-motivation you know you, you have you can show that and prove that you're determined and you've got self-motivation in civilian street employers would they will they will hire you even with a lack of experience because you've got that discipline that yeah 
you know, it's courage under adversity. You can you can overcome obstacles and you can be a problem solver. So I'm, I'm saying these things that it's quite easy to say, but for me, it took a number of years to realise those skills. But for someone from an ex-forces or coming leaving the armed forces, they should harness those and use those when they're going into their next interview or, you know, they want to look for promotion or just speak openly on what they want to do in their next career because there are millions and millions of roles out there that would utilize these skills and make somebody successful yeah absolutely so i think i think we've gone into that quite deep haven't we in terms of supporting people with reflection of coming out of the forces in terms of understanding what skills you actually have to contribute that you might not be aware that you have or how you could apply them in a a work business scenario outside of the forces yeah you've discussed with me rob in the past about how you hadn't talked openly in the past about being a veteran you you said how yeah. your understanding of veteran was you know a world war ii veteran a you know yeah. an old man sat in his chair or with gray hair yeah um and and how the fact that you, you know you still served in some capacity still has just as much relevance oh, to yourself and yeah. to and to others yeah without and, and how to sort of probably accept that yes it's i've mentioned earlier that it took me a long time to embrace and to openly admit that I served in the Royal Marines and what I did and what I now see is a relevance to where I am today and made me a, a successful business person. Not to say that there's been some, you know, some humps along the way and there has and there will be for anybody. It doesn't matter from what background you are, but it's how you, you overcome those and how you deal with it and dust yourself down and move on. But it was a while, a long, I'd say been a while, it was probably 16, 17 years before I'd actually openly admit in a conversation that's serving in Majesty's Royal Marines was relevant to where I w- w- was today and and it goes to as much that's getting a veterans badge and everybody that, that has served in the armed forces knows about the veterans badge. I first started wearing that probably about four years ago and I did actually feel a little bit embarrassed and I know that sounds really bizarre to say. Yeah. Um, bear in mind I'm a, a quite an open person and salesperson and how I can communicate but people are looking at me thinking does this guy how can he be a veteran? How can he be, you know, I know I'm nearly 50, but I've looked after myself. I don't look like a stereotypical veteran if you were to type veteran into Google. But actually, no, it doesn't matter how long you serve or what you did in the armed forces. You signed your name on that dotted line to represent and to to fight for queen and country that you should be proud to to, to wear it. And by wearing that, not only it gave me the confidence and, and made me feel it, six foot tall, although I'm only five foot five, it created opportunities for me. Yeah, it created conversations. I mean, we, we only have to take into account. So we, we were both at the XL down in London on Wednesday. Yeah. And you, I noticed you had some pointed at your badge and gave you a little fist pump. And then yeah. you, you were away having a chat about where you serve. And then you're building rapport with each other around, you know, your ex-forces background, you, you know, what you're currently doing now yeah. in business. In, and surely that's a positive thing for everyone. Oh, of course it is. It's it's the brotherhood. For me, once a Marine, always a Marine. If you've, if you've served in the armed forces, you, you've got that camaraderie. You've got that brotherhood of you've been there in the trenches. It doesn't matter if you've served in the RAF, the Navy, the Marines, the Army. If you've got that veterans badge, it doesn't matter what you did. You've all... I've done exactly the same. You've all swore allegiance to the Queen and it takes guts and it takes a certain individual. So having someone walking up
up to you and shake your hand who's a complete stranger and then you can start a conversation off on who you served with, what you did, where you were. It is such a great way of making you feel all that you've done in the armed forces and what you've, got, you've gone through actually counts for so much. And for business and industry in particular, I can give you examples where I've walked into networking events or I've walked into a meeting and I've worn my veterans badge, not even spoke about what I've done. And the topic goes, I see you wear a veterans badge. What did you do, Rob? Da, 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 da. Um, and it's led to me winning business. It's led to me winning large contracts for organizations where... So it's a level of credibility before exactly. you're talking about, yeah. And people will look at you and they will trust you. They will believe in what you're explaining to them because it's the professionalism. It's the, actually, this guy's got to be really credible. If he's walking around with a veteran's badge, there's something about him that I can believe in and trust and I can follow. And it's like anything. If you can work with people or users as a supplier that they've got that testament of a, a recommendation of he's wearing a veteran's badge then it's, it counts for so much, it does. So you may think you're leaving the armed forces and there's a, there's a big wide world out there that there's, you're not going to get anything from. Tell you what, if you could turn up to an interview and you're wearing your veterans badge or you walk into a networking event or whatever, it, it strikes conversations to the point where I've been in a, a chamber event in Manchester about 18 months ago where there was a guy that was heading up one of the local businesses that actually said, before I start talking about my organisation, I just want to point that guy across the, the way there sat there with his veterans badge on and just give him a round of applause obviously i went very red and embarrassed but talk about how i felt and how proud i was yeah and in absolutely you should and you know things things like that don't happen as often as they should yeah i think it's been really good to talk today about this and how how you've sort of come to terms with being a veteran and how you've sort of been through a process and a journey in in terms of developing and then sort of using what you learn and the skills to develop into yeah. your professional working life now. Obviously, Rob, I know you from being a colleague of mine at MBA. We're doing a lot of interesting things at the moment. And in, in terms of being an ex-veteran, how, how would you put into perspective like what you do today? Would you be surprised looking back or would you be happy or absolutely devastated? No, no, the, the, far from it. There, there are days that I have over my 20 years being out of the armed forces, think, do, you know, regret, do I wish I was still there? Do I, that having that camaraderie, but, you, you know, you can make a career and a successful career outside of that and just use what you've done and learned. And today is a, is a, a testament to that working for an organisation. You know, when I was approached and I first was spoke to Matt, who's the CEO of our organisation, he saw the qualities in me of being an ex-forces and how that would add value to the to, to MBAs and organisation, which I have done, um, how it can create opportunities for MBA, which it has done, and how not only creating opportunities, how I can use what we do as a business and how we help grow companies and their organisations from a talent agenda, that we can also look to help, you know, the, the people that are from an ex-offending, not say ex-offending, but that's an area that we support, but from an armed forces background that have come out of the military, how we help them transition into finding them opportunities. And we promote as much as we can as a responsible business with our end clients and our new clients. They're open roles that we work for them and we try and help fill that we engage with well let's look at trying to help fill those positions with somebody from an ex from an armed forces background because these are the skills that you're looking for but these are the types of people that we can help 
introduce you to and make your organization more successful. Absolutely. And I think it's just recognizing that there is that skill base out there for individuals which have left the armed forces. So Rob, thank you very much for coming on. I think just in summary, we've discussed the transition from leaving the forces into civilian life and and, and working life. Um, Some of the scenarios which can sort of crop up in your sort of working life and how someone like Rob will always feel affiliated to the forces and, and vice versa, which I think is massively a positive thing, really. And also the fact that there are employers and agencies such as ourselves who do try and support ex-forces members and how there are so many positive opportunities for you so i would implore anyone listening who is from a ex-forces background to please get in touch with rob if you've got any questions or you just want to have a chat really um and rob will go into more detail about um any sort of tips or tricks that you've got um to yeah. sort of um support with that sort of transition so yes thank you very much for listening everyone and that is another episode of the podcast in the bag yeah once again thanks rob for coming on the show no thank you thanks guys <laughs>